Hey guys, Cable here, and this week's podcast is brought to you by Scoped Vision. Y'all probably know of PhoneScope by now, right? It's that technology that allows you to hook up an adapter to your cell phone and then place that on your spotting scope or binos, and you can record what you're seeing through your optic. Well, Scoped Vision is the evolution of that technology, and now you can actually record your hunt through your rifle scope. You've got an adapter, it attaches to your scope, and you record right there with your cell phone. It's awesome. It's scoped vision. You can find it at phonescope.com. I've never seen nothing like it. A man started fight. Simplest upon what another man drives Yeah, the place got real quiet The band stopped the song Three boys from the back said Well, Jimmy, bring it on He just looked and laughed With his crazy grin Those boys walked out But only Jimmy came back in Good morning, good morning, good morning, Cable Smith. Welcome everybody to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. That's Too Tall Jimmy, one of my favorites from Ryan Beaver, kicking things off for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. Uh, thanks to Dallas Safari Club, our title sponsor, as well as Lone Star Beer and Hofbauer Polaris. Yeah, it is great to be here talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors and all that implies with you fine folks. Thanks for making time for me. I do appreciate each and every one of you, and we've got a great show lined up for you today. So, you know what to do. <laughs> Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat-up old thermos, the one granddaddy passed down. It's probably a green Stanley, and probably still has mud caked on it from waterfowl seasons past. Don't wipe it off, though. It adds character. Don't rinse it out. That adds grit. Truly. I mean, little grit never hurt, right? Especially if you like your coffee black, like my granddaddy always said. I don't know. I don't know where he picked that up. He did fight in World War II, maybe. Probably. This is what I always think, anyway. Cream and sugar were just a luxury, right? I mean, you're stationed overseas. Coffee was probably, you know, they're probably just thrilled just to have a cup of coffee. Uh, forget the cream or sugar. So I never did ask my grandfather about that, <laughs> but I, I wish I would have. I just uh, imagined. But, you know, no matter the origins, it, it, it had a profound effect on me. And, uh, hey, if it ain't black, I ain't drinking it. Because <laughs> what kid doesn't want to impress or, or be like the grandfather? Um, so pour yourself another cup. We're ready to rock and roll. Off the top, we will be joined by Weston Jenkins, founder of the nonprofit Disabled Outdoorsman USA. Uh, there's so many great organizations out there that take wounded veterans on hunting and fishing excursions. What about the average guy who maybe they were born with a disability? Maybe they had a traumatic accident. Disabled Outdoorsman USA is trying to fill that void. And so we'll get into that coming up here in just a minute. Then we'll spend a couple segments with a, uh, a special in-studio guest, Singer-songwriter, frontman for the band Prophets and Outlaws, Matt Boggs, makes his return to the show. And he's uh, an avid fisherman as well, so I'm sure we'll talk a little fishing. He's got some funny stories uh, in that regard. 
of course, Matt will also have his guitar with him, so I'm sure we'll take a listen to some brand new tunes as well. Then at the bottom of the hour, my good friend and my FFL dealer, Tim McCreary of Tim's Guns, joins us. We're going to talk bump stocks, something that uh, I need to be educated on. I've never shot a bump stock. I've really never you know, had uh, a reason to put a bump stock on one of my ARs, uh, but a, a lot of folks do. And uh, I think this is a slippery slope when it comes to an executive order made by the president banning bump stocks. What do you do uh, if you have one? What are you supposed to do? Tim will explain it all to us. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Uh, Certainly a slippery slope when you start talking about gun control because if you give an inch, they're going to try to take a mile. Uh, That I guarantee you. So Tim will be here uh, coming up in just a little bit. That's what's on the docket for today. A couple other things. Don't forget Guns and Guitars 5 is taking place at Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas, June 27th through the 30th, and you can come out and not only hunt Axis, Black Buck, Aldad, or Scimitar Horned Orcs, but you can also enjoy nightly concerts from Max Stalling, Mark David Manders, also Max's better half. Heather Stalling will be on the fiddle. Uh, so some great country music on display. Camaraderie is, uh, you know, the camaraderie is the thing that always draws me to this event. And oh yeah, there's a Pila pool. <laughs> so You Max Stalling fans, uh, y'all know all about the Pila Pool. Uh, But come on out. We'd love to have you. Spots are limited. We've got room for seven hunters. I think there's one spot for a hunter left, maybe two. And then uh, if you want to just be a a non-hunting guest, come out and party for the weekend, we'd love to have you as well. Send me a message. uh, Send me an email, LoneStarOutdoorsShow at gmail.com if you have any questions. You want to be a part of Guns and Guitars 5. Uh, I've got a quick giveaway for you. It's a uh, box of Ultimate Turkey from Kent Cartridge, 3.5-inch, 12-gauge, 4-shot. Email in the word gobbler, that's gobbler, to that same email address, LoneStarOutdoorsShow at gmail.com. You could win the Kent Ultimate Turkey. We'll also throw in a Kent Cartridge cap, a camo cap as well. Uh, Let's take a quick break. Up next, we're joined by our buddy Weston Jenkins. Of Disabled Outdoorsman USA, you are listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. While I watch the cannons flashing, I clean my gun and dream of Galveston. Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution. The system hog trap comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The system is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. Three Curl Outfitters is now offering guided North Texas quail hunts. Just 30 minutes south of DFW, if you're looking for a quality quail hunt close to home, planning a company outing, or just looking for a place to tune up your dogs, you need to give them a call. Hunts are $250 a hunter for a half-day hunt. That includes 15 birds, and you can add extra birds for $8 a piece if you want to give your bird dog just a little more run. You're welcome to bring your own dogs. Otherwise, the guide and dog fee is $150 a day for your entire group. That's not per person. Go to 3curl.com or call 214-641-8097 to book your hunt today. Hey, this is Phil Hamilton, and you're listening to my good friend, Cable Smith, on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Hey, honey, yeah. 
Our good friend Phil Hamilton bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show running. The name of that one, I'm Cable Smith. By the way, thank you for being here. Also want to thank Dallas Safari Club, our title sponsor, as well as uh, our good friends over at Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. And I want to thank you guys and gals for being here. It's a treat, truly, to be talking all things outdoors with you. So thanks for dropping by. We've got an interesting conversation to get into here momentarily with uh, an organization that I'm certainly a big fan of, uh, one that is trying to make a difference in the lives of folks just like you and I, outdoorsmen and women, folks who are passionate about the hunting and fishing lifestyle, uh, but for whatever reason, their physical limitations don't allow them to pursue that passion like the rest of us can. And so we'll get into that here in just a second. But first, this segment proudly brought to you by the brand new Vortex Razor HD 4000 laser rangefinder. Ranges out to 4,000 yards, hence the name. Fogproof, waterproof, includes a hard case. It's got the HD optical system. And of course, among other things, it's covered by Vortex's VIP warranty, which is transferable, lifetime, no questions asked. Check it out. It's the Vortex Razor. 4000 HD rangefinder. You can find it at vortexoptics.com. Um, let's bring on our first guest. He hails from, well, actually somewhere in the hill country, but uh, hunts all over based off of what I can tell. And he joins us now, Weston Jenkins, founder of Disabled Outdoorsman USA. Thanks for dropping by. Absolutely, Cable. I appreciate you having me on, man. My pleasure. Yeah, so we haven't actually had the... Uh, opportunity to shake hands yet but have been kind of following each other uh follow each other's uh, adventures on social media over the last couple of years and i think it was it's your cousin uh tj who kind of really caught my eye uh tell us tell us a little bit about his situation and his passion for hunting and, and how he is <laughs> continues to get into the outdoors despite his physical obstacles Absolutely, man. Yeah, TJ is actually my inspiration for the creation of Disabled Outdoorsmen. And TJ has what's called the shins muscular dystrophy. So it's a a progressive disease that uh, deteriorates your muscles over time. And he's been confined to a wheelchair since he was five years old. And that's when they found out that he actually was a carrier of the disease. And so he's been in a, he's been in a wheelchair almost his whole life, and he's he just we just celebrated his thirtieth birthday. Yeah. And TJ has a love and lives for the outdoors. Um, him and I have been hunting my entire life, and he actually before I shot my first deer ever, he actually showed me on a napkin. You know, he was testing me. You know, where are you going to shoot the deer? And I, you know, I had to I had to point with the pen on the piece of paper. And he's always been a coach of mine in the outdoors, and him and I have always been you know fishing or hunting. And, you know, his his mentality and determination to make the hunt happen is something amazing and something that I wish, I'm, that's why I'm exactly why I created Disabled Outdoorsman is because every night he goes to sleep, man, that's, that's what he's looking forward to. Whether it's driving around the ranch looking at animals, whether it's, you know, he runs like an Impala business on his property, you know, whether it's the next day if he's making a sale or if he's selling some Impala trying to grow the herd, he lives for it, man. And you go into his trophy room. He's got hundreds of whitetail just surrounding the walls. And every whitetail on that wall, he can name where it was shot, who shot it, the score of it, literally the score of every whitetail down to inches. And he just he lives for it, man. And you know, I never I didn't see a brand that represented someone that was in such a 
a, like a state of health such as him with his mentality and determination. And, you know, there's people with the same mentality as TJ, you know, all over the world that, that don't take it for granted that, you know, us able bodies sometimes do is either being lazy and not getting in the outdoors or, you know, just making up excuses not to go, not to go out. But yeah, just his, yeah, just his, uh, just his mentality, man, is something that's impeccable and amazing. And that's, I'm just trying to get the, get the word out of this growing community that, you know, doesn't let anything get in their way. You know, whenever I've posted a picture of TJ, it always, uh, gets quite a, a bit of positive reaction. And I generally, you use the word excuse. People make excuses, you know, life gets in the way, kids, uh, their sports, work, whatever. But yeah, there's tons of excuses not, not to go hunting, fishing, spend time in the outdoors. So when I post a picture of TJ, I generally just say one, one little caption and it's, what's your excuse? You know, if this kid who's, well, he's a man, he's 30 years old, but, uh, his muscles are, are basically trying to quit on him from what you've described about the disease and what I, I know about him. They're t- deteriorating, but his mind is as bright as ever. And, uh, yep. him, you know, confined to a wheelchair and he still gets his ass out there, um, more than most people do. Uh, so. Absolutely, man. It's a, huh. it really is amazing. And like you said, his mind is, his mind is so sharp and people are always like, well, it's like when I tell him the story of TJ or I'm, you know, telling everybody about him where they're like, well, is he mentally there? I'm like, that guy's mentally the smartest guy in the room, like wherever he is, you know, it's, it really is crazy just how smart he is with the population of his deer. And man, he can give you like within five animals difference of how many, how many animals are like on his whole entire ranch that he knows of. Huh. It's, it's it's just something that's crazy, man. Like you're driving around him with on their ranch and he can tell you about every animal, the species of the animal. He's like a wildlife biologist. <laughs> he never went to college or anything. Yeah. I'm like, God dang, dude. He's just, he's amazing, man. It's crazy. So, with his physical state, how does he actually pull the trigger these days? Yeah, so uh, you know, every every couple of years we have to kind of we have to find a new a new way for him to do it, uh-huh. or you know, adapt adapt the way that we're currently using. So the way that you know we're doing it right now is my buddy Jeremy. He's taking care of TJ, and uh, what we do is we get a beach ball and we blow it up, and it's about medium size, probably about six by six beach ball. We blow it up and we put it under his right arm to get like a little ninety degree angle. Uh-huh. And then we we have a strap that we tie around his headrest, and we get that strap and we connect it, and then we pull it, we stretch it as far as we can over the scope, and you can you can adapt the strap to loosen it or tighten it. But so we tighten that strap to where the gun is pretty pretty tight on his on his shoulder, mm-hmm. and that has a yeah we have a like a special barrel on it like a full barrel and stuff to where it doesn't kick, and then you have like a modified trigger on there so it doesn't take much pressure to you know, fire the gun off. Hmm. And, um, if the deer, if the deer's moving a lot, it's, it's tough because we have to physically move the gun for him. You know, he can, he can kind of like shake his shoulder a little bit to, to make it, you know, perfect shot that he needs it to be. But if the deer's, you know, moving like a foot, we have to resituate the entire shot. So, Hmm. I mean, it's a probably about a 10, 15 minute process to be honest with you. Yeah. And if the deer moves, and if the deer moves, you have to completely restart. And one of the Boone and Crockett deer that he actually harvested a couple of years ago is, is it, I think it was like a 194, and it took him about 18 hunts to do it. Um, you know, waking up in the morning and going. And the reason for that is if TJ was able body, he would have got that deer in the first hunt. You know, yeah. he could have, 
he could have got up, got pulled, put the gun up and pulled the trigger and, you know, put it where he needed to be. But since the deer was, you know, older and it was smarter than a lot of the deer he's hunted before, it kept moving around and wouldn't stay still for as long as he needed it to be. Huh. And then, you know, fine. Yeah. And then finally, finally, when it stayed still long enough, he was able to, able to take it down. But yeah, it was the, but you know, he says that's what it makes it all. That's what, that's why it's my favorite deer is because it was the most challenging, you know? So he, no matter the limitations he's facing, he still loves to challenge, you know? And that's, it's something that's inspirational to me. It's, it's crazy because, you know, sometimes I'll be, Making up an excuse or doing something, you know, I think you teach him, like, you can do anything you put your mind to, you know? So that's you know, yeah. that's our acronym with Disabled Outdoorsmen is DO USA. So you can do anything that you put your mind to or, you know, push for passion, man. You know, the guys in wheelchairs and stuff, that's what Larry said. He's like, we're pushing for passion, so. Well, so where is the organization at right now today? I've seen pictures recently of y'all taking other disabled uh, outdoorsmen on hunting trips. So talk a little bit about that. How do people get involved? How does someone vetted, um, you know, if anyone listening has a friend or relative that is disabled and they think they'd be a good candidate for your program, um, how does how does that process start? Yeah, so what I do is uh, a lot of the people that get a hold of me, they either, it's either their brother or someone related to them or a friend that they know. And they get a hold of the page. They either message me on my Instagram or they email me or they, you know, I have my number on there too. And they just text me and I have an Excel spreadsheet on my computer to where I have a list of ranches that I can, we, that disabled outdoorsmen can go on whenever and I have the, you know, the terrain and what I think would be the most successful disability for that hunt. So, I mean, the place in Rock Springs that is all dead terrain, you know, hills, big rocks, yeah, I was just there last be. week. <laughs> yeah, hunting, yeah. I hunted with Tony yeah. on one of the ranches you guys hunt Audad on, and my goodness, uh, yeah, that was uh, that's a pretty unforgiving <laughs> but beautiful piece of. I mean, that's like one of the most rugged places in Edwards County for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it looks like you're in Utah in the summer. Yeah, know? which is why those Audad <laughs> love that place, man. They love the. Na- oh. Think of the nastiest, rockiest, steepest place you can find in Texas, and that's where you're going to find Audad. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's they love it, man. Mm-hmm. Mountain goats, but uh, yeah. So I, I try to match the hunt with the disability, and I don't want to put anyone in a hunt that they're not going to be successful in. And you know, the, the, our, our outdoorsmen, they're not specific on the you know the size of the deer, this you know the trophy. But I want to put them in a hunt that they're at least going to you know, have fun in and be able to do, and not you know think about their disability. You know, not letting them do the hunt successfully. Right. So you know, so, you know, somewhere with that hunt. I would try to get someone with a prosthetic leg or arm or somewhere in that realm, you know? So, you know, anybody that knows anybody that is disabled, we are not specific on who we help. You know, a lot of people think we're veteran, only veterans, but that's what kind of separates our organization is we are open to anybody. And we're actually planning a big retreat over there in Lakey, Texas. And um, the owner of HEB, her granddaughter, I'm emailing her back and forth, and she she likes what we're doing, and she wants us to bring just a, about 40 to 50 people out there. They have a big river to fish on. They have, um, you know, archery, gun range, stuff to that um, extent. So we're going to do like a big, a big getaway, a Disabled Outdoorsman USA getaway for a lot of people. So even if we can't get you on a hunt this year, you know, still get in contact with me, and we'll try to fly you down for that that convention so it's going to be a good deal there's a lot of great ones by the way of 
um, nonprofits to take our wounded veterans on outdoor adventures. Um, Absolutely. And those are, you know, a extremely worthwhile venture. Uh, but I like the fact that just your average guy out there um, who, who, who didn't serve but loves the outdoors and due to physical limitations doesn't get to experience it uh, on a regular basis and maybe doesn't get to experience the um, the level of, of the hunt. I mean, maybe it's financial reasons or whatever, but you guys facilitate this um, for the just your average guy out there who, for whatever reason, um, has a disability. So I, I think that obviously separates y'all and, and it's something that uh, draws, you know, my interest um, because everyone who is passionate about the outdoors needs the opportunity. Like you said, facilitating it with your cousin for your entire life to, to where you're at today, you have to blow up a beach ball um, yep. just to get his arm steady enough and get it, get it. I mean, he can't lift his arm, so you've got to put that beach ball there and you make that effort. And then TJ, like you said, 18 hunts for one buck that he could have shot on the first day if he wasn't physically disabled. Um, Absolutely. So I applaud what you guys are doing, man. And I know you recently applied for your 5013 status so that you can become a verified nonprofit. Yes, sir. Yep. We, uh, we, we just stopped at 5 for LLC, uh, right when I, right when I started it, just because I wanted to get documented. And that's that's what's with withholding the process and of course the government shutdown. So we we were worried when we transfer over to the five oh one C three that we weren't gonna be able to keep the same name. But my my nonprofit lawyer um really did help me out with being able to achieve that. So now we're disabled outdoorsmen USA Incorporated. Okay. So our name got approved yeah, our name got approved and it's a big, big step and she said since we got approval of the name, now it's just the waiting process for the paperwork to come in. Mm. But yeah, I would say within the next month we'll be a registered 501c3. Okay, and then I'm sure you're you're gonna have a website at some point. Yeah, we actually do have a website up, um, disabledoutdoorsmanusa.com, and we have a Instagram as well. So with the with our website, we're still working on it, but you can you can go on there right now. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna have about our hunters. So you're gonna be able to go on our website and click about our prior our past hunters and go on there and read their story. You know, read where they're from. Read about their experience with disabled outdoorsmen USA, um, what they what they're able to hunt, you know what their what their disability is, and just their personal story. Just so you can have a relation and a really a, a strong understanding of um, their mentality and where they're really coming from in the outdoors. So it gives people a little a mo- motivation to to get out there and you know achieve what where they're where they've always been you know cutting themselves short, yeah. and uh, that's. That's a big thing with our apparel as well, man. We actually put real individuals on the back of our shirts, and uh, we we want people to understand that just because just because you have a hurdle facing you in life, man, doesn't mean that you can't get back up and knock it back in the mouth. You know, that's that's a big life lesson of this past hunt we had with Larry, who was from Blanco, Texas, and we were all sitting around the table, and he started talking about when he, the fir- when he first got in his accident. Um, he had a, a gun accident that left him paralyzed, and uh, his dad said, "Larry, you can sink or swim." And um, he's like, "I'm not going to let you sink in my own house, so you're you're going to have to swim here." And so he, well, right when he changed his outlook on life, is when everything started going for him. You know, he got a secure career. He's been there for 15 years. He got he actually was on the paraplegic U.S. Olympian team for tennis. So this guy was traveling around uh-huh. the world 
for the tennis team for wheelchair tennis. And wow. He just, he just started crushing life, you know, and he got he actually ran into his his soon to be wife on the tennis court. That's where he met his wife at. And he he told us he's like, man, right when I changed my outlook on life and I had the mentality of I can and I will, he's like everything started falling in place. And that's that's a main reason for our apparel because when you look at it and you see you know a disabled person on the back hunting or fishing or with the slogan, you know, it says like either never quit or I know I can or something along, something along those lines. And you, it's not just for the disabled man; it's for the abled as well to give them, give them that little motivation that they need to to tackle whatever they're looking at in the face. You know. Yeah, yeah, right on, man. Big fan of what y'all are doing, brother. Yeah, I appreciate it, Cable. We're big fans of yours as well, man. We've, like I said, we've been following you for some time, so to be on here and be able to talk to you about what we got going on really is a a pleasure and an honor, brother. So. We definitely will get something going in the future with a fan of yours and, you know, benefit both parties and have a good time and let them know what these, with the outdoors and let us start outdoor shows all about, brother. So, All right, man. Well, I appreciate it, and I look forward to that. All right, Cable. I'll see you. So there he goes, Disabled Outdoorsman USA founder Weston Jenkins. Uh, fascinating stuff there. And like I said, so many great organizations and outlets available to take our wounded veterans on these type of uh, outdoor experiences. I'm not saying there's enough uh, because there's still veterans that need those opportunities. Um, But here's something different for your average Joe who got into an accident or was born with some kind of disability, but they like to hunt and fish or they want to go hunt and fish. And so uh, I think Disabled Outdoorsman USA is going to do an excellent job of filling that void. And that segment of the presentation proudly brought to you by Lone Star Beer's new 24-7. That's right, it's the Lone Star 24-7. It's only 68 calories and made for Texas. Easy drinking, that's right, perfect for summertime. Check it out, it's the Lone Star 24-7 Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. And for you folks out of state, man, I keep getting emails and and, uh, messages on social media. Folks finding Lone Star in all kinds of other states, so... Y'all keep looking for it. It seems like it's popping up more and more uh, outside of the Lone Star State. Well, let's take a break. Up next, special in-studio treat, our friend and Prophets and Outlaws frontman Matt Boggs drops by. He'll bring his guitar, talk some fishing, and hear some brand spanking new tunes right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Back then there were no fences to keep us apart. Hey y'all, spring is here, and that means a lot of things, but specifically, your lawn is about to become your own worst nightmare. That's why I use JC's Landscaping. They do everything from lawn and landscape maintenance to fertilization and weed control. New premium sod installations. Hey, you need a French drain? I had to have them put in a French drain a couple years ago. They do that too. Landscaping updates, makeovers, stone borders, patios, and much more. Serving the North Dallas and surrounding areas, you can find them at jclandscapingllc.com and tell them cable sent you. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a -a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. 
Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Armadillo never sees me when I hit him with my brights. His life don't pass before his eyes. He's blinded by my lights, and so I hit him with my bumper. Doing 60, 65, they take him frozen down in Hallettsville. They don't take him alive. The jackal cry. That's the armadillo jackal, one of my favorites from Robert Earl Keen, bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by. Dallas Safari Club, Cable Smith here with you today, as uh, we've got a in-studio guest here for you, Prophets and Outlaws frontman Matt Boggs. He's got his guitar, and literally, in a matter of seconds, we'll be enjoying some brand new tunes. But first, this segment of the show, probably brought to you by First Light's Corrugate Guide Short. Uh, from the food plot to the trout stream, this bad boy delivers breathable durability in the heat of the spring and summer. And here's what I'm looking forward to, taking them to Africa. Got a couple pairs of them. And uh, we're going to put it through the ringer over there. So check it out. It's the Corrugate Guide Short. And you can find it at firstlight.com. First Light, go further, stay longer. Okay, well, our good friend Matt Boggs of Prophets and Outlaws is sitting right here. Man, it's been a while, but uh, certainly great to have you back with us. Yeah, man, it's great to be back. I think you've added to your collection since we were here a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, actually, we've moved too. So, uh, this is your first time at, at this studio. I'm just looking around here since you are eyeballing all of these critters. What, what in in here? What would you say if you could shoot one thing? What would you be? If I could shoot one thing in here, I mean, the black bear stands out. Some of these bucks are pretty awesome too, <laughs> though. It's hard to say. I guess I'd have to say the bear. The bear, yeah. I mean, that's just the most the coolest thing. Is this an Oh, that is a scimitar horned oryx. I mean, I bet that's up on like some pretty rough terrain. <laughs> like, I, I know like the, I'm not a huge hunter. I'm more of a fisherman. Yeah. But I know half the experience is the terrain you get to traverse and like the, the, the hike, I guess. And, you know, oh, yeah. Some of these you drive up in a truck and shoot an animal and leave. Some of them you have to walk I in. I not to do those hunts. I'm not going to say that I've never done that uh, because that wouldn't be uh, forthright. But what, which, what was the hardest? Out of, okay, out of these animals in here. Oh, I'm glad you asked. So this elk behind me gave me blisters, tears, blood, sweat. I mean, the whole nine yards. That was um, New Mexico, oh, 1,000 feet, public land. So that one. And then the smallest buck in here, that little dinky old mule deer over yeah. there, shot it on the same mountain two years before that with a muzzle loader. So those two probably were the most uh, earned, I would say. See, I would be into the experience. I think that would be more fun to me than just being dropped off and right, go right. sit in a deer blind and yeah. kill something that walks oh, yeah. close. Yeah, those are the two. I but mean, then I'm a bass fisherman, so I love small lakes <laughs> and uh, easy fishing too. So, yeah. well, uh, so so what have you been up to, man? I, I know you've uh, you're a father now. Yeah, I've got a little one now. He's uh, his birthday was on Valentine's Day, so right. he's one year and two months, and he's keeping me busy and teaching him all all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, he loves my guitars up <laughs> on the wall and, uh, I got him a little basketball hoop, like a little tykes, little basketball hoop. And he and I like playing on that together. Awesome. So I'm, I mean, I'm being a dad and that's awesome. But amongst all of that, uh, we got a new record that we recorded, uh, in the hill country out, uh, in Dripping Springs, oh, yeah. uh, two Thanksgivings ago, right before deer season. 
And I actually have sort of a funny story about that because <clears throat> where we recorded in uh, Dripping Springs was actually in sort of a remote area. And it was in a blue barn huh. that our producer had built for the purpose of recording. There's no beds in there. We slept at a friend's house 20 miles away, 20 minutes away. And when we were there the first couple weeks, it was before deer season. Uh-huh. And every time we drove either from our friend's house to the studio or back, we almost hit a deer. Like every time. <laughs> I mean, you know how it is. They oh, jump yeah. in front of your car, it feels like. Oh, there's plenty of them in the hill country too. So then, springs, yeah. so then we go home. We take a couple weeks off. We'll come back right at the beginning of deer season. We didn't see one deer the whole time we're driving. I mean, they took down. The, oh, yeah. It took like two, like ten days for yeah. for us to be no more deers, no worrying about hitting any deer. And it was pretty funny that part of the world. And you can also like we're out recording out in this you know remote area. You go out on the patio, and you, you know have a drink or something, and you can just hear shotguns going off in the background. <laughs> it's it's awesome. You kind of get excited. Okay, so, so that's a pretty interesting backstory, but um, you said that was two years ago. Oh, yeah. So you're going to have to dive into that a little bit. So this was the first time we ever did a full record. The first five EPs we did were only five songs. And that's, you know, we recorded them locally, except for the first one we did in Austin, but I digress. This one we did 16 songs. We recorded 16 songs. It took about two weeks just to track everything. Mm-hmm. And then we took a break. I think it was like Thanksgiving. Literally, we went home for Thanksgiving. Come back, and then we uh, record everything, over overdub it all. Like, get the actual drums, the actual bass, you know. We were there at different times. Again, staying at our friend's ranch. That was awesome. So we get done recording. That took like 30 days, let's say, something like that. And now we got to promote it. And we have uh, radio promoters that you're familiar with and people that are going to kind of help because we don't know what we're doing. Like, I don't know if people know this about musicians, but we're not businessmen. Like, we don't know how, we know how to record the songs. We don't know how to promote the songs. I just show up, sing my songs, you give me a couple beers. And, you know. <laughs> exactly. Like, we're simple people. We wonder why we're poor. And now, Exactly. But nowadays, they want you to promote your record too, which is fine. We're up for the challenge, but we need help. We need, like, there's people that we've met along the way that are willing to help us, but you have to work with their schedules. Uh-huh. And there's three or four different schedules to line up and sync up. So we finally got all that going, and now uh, they want us to add more songs to the record. So we go back in the studio about six months ago and did another two songs and added that to the repertoire. Then we got everything mastered, and all of this has taken about another year and a half. Now we're ready to re- release it. It's going to be out around March, you know, a month ago, let's say, yeah. and we decided to push it back to June because what we're going to do, we think this is cool because a lot of people aren't doing albums anymore i mean it's a big beefy record a lot of people don't listen to more than one or two songs so what we were thinking is now that we have this big album let's release one song at a time a couple weeks apart and see if we can get people to kind of listen to the record that way Mm -hmm. and we're releasing them kind of in order of what we liked uh and so and everyone in the band has a different opinion but we've kind of argued over and over and so we released Dreamer first, which uh, very title, of the title track. Like we're super excited. Love the message of that song. Like it, it totally evokes like what we're trying to kind of personify as a band. The next one that we put out is what are we waiting for? And this is more of like an upbeat summer song. And, uh, we're really excited about this one. We actually wrote that one with our producer machine okay. in the studio. The only one that we did, like we didn't have the song before we showed up in the studio. Everything else was already kind of started. 
So that was cool that it ended up working out pretty good. And that was a release two weeks ago. And the one I played earlier uh, with Eric Willis will be another one. And we also redid a couple old songs, Soul Shop, uh-huh. Finally Alone. And um, the reason we did that is those songs were recorded on our very first album in 2011. And we've just changed a lot since then. We've learned new recording techniques. Like I said, we're just right. singers. We're not like, you know. <laughs> So we finally feel like we had a handle on like how to treat those songs. And so we thought, why not? We're having a big, fat, beefy album. Why not just throw those on there, too? So we're super excited. Brand new album, tons of new songs. And um, I think we're finally organized in the way that we're going to release it. And I think everyone's going to get to hear this one. And, oh, man, I'm stoked. It's going to be Well, let's great. do this. Let's go ahead and take a listen to Dreamer, the title track. Cool, man. What will it read on your headstone when you're gone? When your ship comes in the night? Just a sinner that never saw anything but the dark. But did you finally see the light? I will die a dreamer. I won't die a man. By him, by believe. That's just who I am So bury me with roses Boxes full of sand I will die a dream A dreaming man Did you go it alone without anyone else? Did you find your better half? Did you chase down the moon? Did you give it away? Or did you make somebody laugh? I will die a dreamer. I won't die a man. By him, by believer. That's just who I am. Lay me down in roses, boxes full of sand. I will die a dream, a dreaming man. Don't you ever look back with regrets Cause a moment is all that you get And it ain't over yet I will die a dreamer I will die a dreamer I will die a dreamer I won't die a man By him, by believer Just part of the plan I'll get where I'm going Move on when you can Knowing I'm a dream A dreaming man I will die a dream A dreaming man 
awesome, brother. That's uh, that's just a great way to live your life, everyday life. You're gonna you're gonna get old one day, look around and be like, well, shoot, what happened? I didn't do the things that I wanted to do. Yeah, and you can still have goals when you're an old man. I mean, I told my dad all the time, like, well, I want to go do this with him, you know, before we get too old. And I've, I've got a son now. He's got a grandson. Yeah. There's all these new things we can go do. It just, it just keeps evolving. You know, no matter how old you are, there's something you can aspire to do or shoot for or whatever. And that's, what, that's why we love the song and the message. Well, I might not ever get rich hosting a hunting, fishing talk show for a living. You might not ever get rich playing music for a living. Hey, we might. I don't know. But, might. But if we don't, I, don't, I get to say, you know. This isn't, does this really work? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's not about, you know, it's a dream. you want to get rich, but I think it's just, it's about the journey. It's yeah. about like the, it's not about the destination. It's about the ride. And I think that's what we're learning as musicians. Yeah. Everyone wants to be like at the Grammys someday, but the whole <laughs> ride to the Grammys is a great experience. It's yeah. ups and downs. It's wild. Uh, and that's the point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk, let's talk a little fishing. And, and this goes back to your Instagram I remember seeing this um, this post you had, and Roger Kreger was was there, and my buddy Ray Johnson was there, and y'all were doing some offshore stuff. Uh, where was that? Here, I pulled it up for you to look at. It's a uh, oh yeah, Cabo San Lucas, uh-huh. and it's right where the Sea of Cortez meets the Pacific Ocean. So you can literally see the difference in the water. Oh, like one's beautiful. on the east side of the peninsula, and it's very rough and kind of dark and dirty. And the other is beautiful. And uh, anyway, so it's 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 a really cool experience. It was my first time deep sea fishing, offshore fishing, anything like that on the ocean. Uh And we just went out. I think it was it might have been a full day. I don't remember. But uh, we're sitting in the back of the boat just talking, you know, Roger's starting to kind of like, hey, man. And I was the only one that had never been before. And I'm I'm having a great time doing great. We're not seeing a ton of fish, but we're just having fun. All of a sudden, Roger's like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna go lay down a little bit. I'm uh, starting not to feel good." I'm like, "Roger, you're my boy. Like, you're the one that's selling me. Like, I'm gonna be okay." He has his own I know boat. exactly. <laughs> so what's happening here? So he goes and ducks away, and then a little thirty minutes later, something Ray goes does the same thing, and no one's feeling good. And I'm kind of like, "Man, so you know, and this is a tough day fishing. It's hot. There's, we're not seeing much, and." Uh, Finally, we get a couple on, and the only action we got all day was simultaneously, which is how it happened. You know, we caught two fish, and they were at the same time. Uh-huh. And uh, I just remember it was a huge fight, and I was so tired at the end. And then you see this beautiful fish just maybe 100 feet under the water, you know, before you even, you can just see it glistening, and it comes up, and there's just this beautiful mahi, and we, ate, we you know, ate it, of course. And oh, yeah. that's just the best experience, and the company made it even better for sure. That's funny. Um, my wife and I went on our honeymoon in Cabo, and she was like, you can go fishing if you want to. I was like, I don't know if that's something you'd make your wife do. She's not a big outdoor mm-hmm. you know, She likes camping and hiking. Not really into hunting for sure and you know, kind of mildly interested in fishing. But I was like, no, I'm not going to make you do that. That's selfish. So we went to uh, the Dominican Republic for our 10-year anniversary this year. Well, a lot changes from your honeymoon to being married 10 years. I was like, we're going fishing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, it didn't go so well for her. She oh, no. got sick, puking over the side of the boat. But there were six people on the boat, six anglers, tourists, whatever. Um, and they let the girls catch the fish first. They're bad because I wasn't leaving until I caught a fish. So four people are puking. Me and this other lady are not puking. And they've all caught fish. And I was like the last one. And the captain's like, well, if everyone agrees, 
we can go in early. And this guy from New Jersey is like, please, please. I'm like, sorry, dude. <laughs> Raise we're your not hand. Like... <laughs> I said, we're not going until I catch a fish. <laughs> I didn't care, you know, what kind of fish it was or what, you know, yeah. I wasn't leaving until I caught a fish. So I caught a little dinky Dorado, uh, Mahi Mahi, and, and I was happy and content. I was like, all right, we can. I'm drinking beer and everyone else is puking. I'm having a great time. I was like, why do y'all want this? is a party. Come on. Yeah, we're not trying to just catch yeah. a fish and go in. Seriously. No, we're out here on the, so, on the ocean. I thought it was great. I can't wait to go back out. We're going to actually go. This isn't ocean fishing, but we're, my uh, sister's getting married in Chicago. We're going to go out on Lake Michigan and see what we can drag out of there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Should have some salmon in there. Yeah. I, I don't know what we're going to I think they're kind of like going to charter something, and I, yeah. I don't know what we're going to do. But. I think they do a lot of uh, trolling for salmon in Lake Michigan. Uh, that'd be fun. Um, let's do this. Let's uh, let's listen to another tune off the new record. All right. This next one's uh, we wrote with a buddy. Uh, I actually love a guy I'd love to go fishing with because um, I see on his Instagram he he goes and rips lips all the time. Uh, Eric Willis um, from Wichita Falls, and now he's in Fort Worth, Texas. Oh, look at that! You got his song Floodgate. He's actually going to be playing with us at the Kessler in Dallas, uh, June seventh, and we love playing with him. We actually worked up some of his songs so he can come up on stage and play with our band. So we love that kid. But anyway, we wrote this one with him. And uh, it's kind of about, we had a couple fun nights in Galveston at this place called Yaga's, just this little dive bar. But across the street, there's these apartments and these college kids live in the apartments. And after the show, they always, you know, invite us up to drink some whiskey and dip some Copenhagen. And then they've got this crappy old guitar up there that, you know, everyone's played that comes through there. And man, they're just like having the best times of their lives. I don't even think they know it. And we kind of just wrote this song about them on any old given night. And they're trying to get, you know, people to come back or girls to come back, play some guitar, just hang out. So I just uh, like thinking about those guys and the times they're having. That's what this song's about. Six new strings. I don't dance unless I'm drinking. I don't drive no Lincoln. But I can tell you what you're thinking, and you got it all wrong. I can't save any money, but I'll work for you, honey. And I know it might sound funny, baby, just hold on. I know I might not seem right for you. Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into Cause I heard a little rumor you like to sing My place is just down the street I got the good half of a bottle of red And six new strings mm. Ain't got no hits on the radio all my songs are sad and slow If you lean in and listen real close You'll understand I know I might not seem right for you Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into Cause I heard a little rumor you like to sing My place is just down the street and we can dance to the sound of the night 
like a movie scene And I know you're used to the finer things Now I want to show you a finer me I got the good half of a bottle of red And six new strings I show my cards, it's in your hand it's last call now I've done all I can Cause I heard a little rumor you like to sing My place is just down the street And we can dance to the sound of the night Like a movie scene And I know you're used to the finer things now I want to show you what fine means I got the good half of a bottle of red And six new strings Perfect. So you wrote that one with Eric? Yeah. Maybe we'll have to get Eric in studio someday. Dude, you got to. He actually this lives in... First, this is his first record over here? He's got, he might be like us where he's got some EPs uh-huh. or something. Is that Floodgate? Yeah. That might be his first full, I'm speaking out of turn. I don't know his, yeah. I know his songs better than I know his discography, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, we talked a little bit of salt, about saltwater fishing a second ago. I think you're more of a bass guy. Yeah, I think I like the immediate gratification, <laughs> spinnerbait fishing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes dragging a worm is even too boring for me. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's, let's knock out a quick break, come back, talk a little bass fishing. And uh, and maybe hear another tune. Sound good? Awesome, man. Perfect. And that segment was proudly brought to you by Rudy is True, Texas-style barbecue. When you get off the lake with that full string or a crappie, you know what to do. Head over to Rudy's Barbecue. I prefer the uh, smoked turkey. Also, have got great pulled pork, brisket, ribs, you name it. They've got it all. And uh, wash it down with the cold Lone Star beer. Rudy's True, Texas-style barbecue. We'll be right back with more from our good buddy Matt Boggs of Profits and Outlaws. You're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas and Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, and now McKinney. Visit BobcatOfDallas.com or call 469-586-0000. I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. Hi, I'm Jim Shockey, and you're listening to Lone Star Outdoor Show. Baby, if you're up with me, we can burn the night like a wildfire. Just a couple refugees hiding in each other for a little while. 
Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back to the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. Thanks to Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris as well. I uh, hope everybody's coming out to the Hoff Power Expo this weekend, by the way. It's taking place in Lampasas, Texas. It is a, it's, it's like, it's the hunting show of all hunting shows when it comes to springtime, which generally speaking, there's no hunting shows going on this time of year. So, if you're uh, looking to scratch that itch, I mean, there will be firearms manufacturers, uh, outfitters, feeder manufacturers, and clearly it's Hoff Power Polaris, so <laughs> there'll be plenty of ATVs and side-by-sides as well. Uh, Western wear, you name it. Everything's out there. It's in Lampasas, Texas at the Hoff Power Ranch, and it's going down this Saturday only. So I will see you out there. Um, let's go ahead. And to get back into it here with Matt Boggs, our good friend and frontman of the band Prophets and Outlaws, uh, we certainly appreciate you sticking around through the break, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah. So you're a musician. Um, obviously, you live kind of a transient lifestyle. Certainly, what do you guys try to tour Thursday through Sunday? Basically, any week, I mean, with the exception of December and January, we're trying to be out every Thursday to yeah Sunday we can. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of hop around from from place to place, from bar to bar, venue to venue. Um, take that to fishing. You're also kind of a pond hopper, like self-described. Like that's that's your thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm definitely immediate gratification. I'll I'll go jump a fence and fish on a golf course <laughs> like in two seconds because those fish don't ever get any action. I mean, they'll go crazy. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of more of my my fishing these days. There's actually I was telling you before we got on the air. There's a really great hotel. Well, I don't know if it's a great hotel, but it's a hotel in Lubbock, and there's a nice pond right off the parking lot. And I've never remembered to bring my rod and reel when we go to Lubbock, and I started to think about you know planning these things ahead of time a little better, and I might be able to take advantage of some good spots. Yeah. Like we're going to Missouri later this year. Like that has some of the best bass fishing in the country. I just need to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you said you'd hop a fence. That reminds me of this. this uh, when we moved the house before this one, um, the first studio you came to, there was like a, you get your, your, like your HOA card so you can get into the pool. And Well, basically you had to have that to go fishing in the neighborhood, uh, pit, you know, ponds. Yeah. Well, I never got one made. And so for like a year, the security guard and I played this cat and mouse game. And if it, it like it came to a point where it's like I'm not even getting that damn thing made because he <laughs> keeps trying to tell me I can't go fishing and I keep telling him I live here. Well, so I was just like, well, I'm not getting it done. And so he would literally drive up, kick me off one pond, and there would be like a race to see who get to the next <laughs> pond first, or if he guessed where I was going, you know, it got their head so, time. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I know. I'm used to that anxiety. You're, <laughs> you're fishing and you're looking over your shoulder at the same time, knowing that you're sort of trespassing. But yeah, yeah. At least you're only fishing. You know, you're not doing anything that bad. And, it's, and I feel that same. Now it's funny you said anxiety. I feel like so sometimes I I sneak off and go before it's time to pick up the kids from school, and I'm like I get that like that nervousness in my stomach because I'm looking at the clock. It's like, oh, it's two fifty three. I literally am supposed to be there at three o'clock. Can I? <laughs> Just make three one more, more yeah. One more, one last. Yeah. Man's dying words. Oh, that one's not any good. Let me, <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, that's funny. That is funny. Um, what is the biggest bass that you've caught? The biggest bass I caught was out by Lake Palestine, Lake Palestine, out in East Texas. Um, it's actually at the. Uh, 
I think the name, it was like a small little stock pond, like Coon Creek Ranch or something like that. Uh-huh. But uh, this is the only like animal I've ever even had mounted either. And it was the biggest bass I've ever caught in my life. And I'd thrown like a white spinner bait and threw it at a lily pad. And I felt like some like kind of boring hit, like not like, you know, the little fish will hit it real excited uh-huh. and kind of, you kind of think it's a big fish. This was like the most boring, you know, <laughs> strike ever. And I'm dragging this thing in. It feels kind of heavy or whatever. And then I'm pulling it up and there's moss everywhere. I can barely see it, but it's so heavy. Like I'm like, this is heavier than I feel. It's the moss. So they get the net out, finally get it cleaned up. And like my whole fist, I've got like large hands. My whole fist can fit in this thing's mouth. Like it is the biggest bass I've personally ever laid eyes on. And it wasn't, it was, uh, must've been like right after it laid some eggs. Cause it wasn't as, uh, as fat as maybe it should be. Mm-hmm. But of course, yeah. it, of course, when I took it to the taxidermist, I was like, make that, <laughs> fill that out for me a little bit. So I don't care. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so now it's hanging in my dad's living room. Cause I was living with him at the time and I haven't uh-huh. taken it with me, but that was the most exciting. My, my buddies I was with, like their jaws dropped and we were taking pictures and did you weigh it? Uh, yeah, it was like nine, two or something Holy like moly. that. Yeah. And when they filled the belly out, I mean, it looks like it's a 13 pound fish. <laughs> this is the biggest thing I've ever seen. Oh, that's awesome. So this trout up here, and I, I'm very uh, transparent that I have never caught a 30 inch trout, a speckled trout on the coast. That's like the Holy grail. That's like a 10 pound bass or, you know, huh. whatever. Um, that fish was 29 and a half inches. Oh. And my buddy who was there, he's never, for the record, my friend Dylan has never caught a 30 inch trout either. But he damn sure wasn't going to let me join the club. And Without him. Yeah. So he measured. He's like, nope, just missed it. <laughs> well, what do you? Th- how how long do you think the mount is? <laughs> yeah. And there's also like a shrimp hanging out yeah, of his mouth. No, or 30 inches on the yeah. dot. I, per- I told Josh and Becky to go ahead and make that 30 inches just to spite him. So That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. you can kind of do whatever you want at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, he came over and I was like, why don't you measure that? <laughs> why don't you get that tape yeah. measure back out yeah. there, buddy? Oh, man. That's awesome. So over a nine-pounder. Um, I know you you guys have been busy, and life's only going to get busier oh, promoting the new record. You guys are going to be touring all the time, but you got to, I don't know, get yourself a Zebco and throw it on the on the tour bus. Yeah, we got to get something. My dad, for a long time, had a retra- um, retractable, mm-hmm. you know, telescoping rod and yeah. reel, and he would, like, stick that in his golf bag and <laughs> things like that. I've, I just love, like, the, like I was saying, the immediate gratification of, like, you can run out to a pond and throw... 30 casts in and maybe catch two or three fish and kind of just call it a day and kind yeah. of get it, you know, right before sound check or something. <laughs> well, let's do this. Um, personal request from the host, my favorite song about chicken and waffles. <laughs> I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about, but uh, why don't we wrap things up with that? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. First time I had, <laughs> first time I had chicken and waffles was uh, in Houston, the breakfast club and the menu was enormous. But they're like, the only thing worth getting here are the shrimp and grits or the chicken and waffles. First time I ever had it, it was just amazing. I had to write a song about it. And then I wanted to, I always wanted to write a song about my papa. And so uh, we started thinking about all the different things you know, we've done in Texas and all the things we wanted to do in Texas. And this song just came out of that. And so thankful for it. So here it is, Texas Home. Well, they say home is where your heart is Where all of your faults are part of Where you sleep safe and sound You spend days around 
the ones that you're in love with when I'm missing home you wonder where I go mm, you can look me up I'm probably in some rundown truck loving life on the road I spent 24 hours down in Austin Two stepped in San Marcos And I ate chicken and waffles with my friends in Houston Met a girl in San Antonio Played debutante balls down in Huntsville I saw Pat Green play George's bar And I buried my papa in West Texarkana I love my Texas home They said, boy, you should move out to Nashville Make records and buy fancy new clothes but I've worked way too hard in my own backyard To not taste all this fruit I've grown If they ask you where I've been They can figure it out on their own Or hell, you can look us up We're playing tonight, so wish us luck with this Gigging life on the road And we spent three days and nights down in Austin Two stepped in San Angelo And I ate chicken and waffles with my friends in Houston Kissed a girl in San Antonio Played debutante balls down in Corpus and I sang Wagon Wheel at Old Green Hall And I buried my papa in West Texarkana I love my Texas home It's 100 God forsaken degrees in the breeze It feels half amazing But there's no place on earth That I'd rather be So I guess there's no sense in complaining So we spend most of September in Austin Two-stepped in rowing old and I ate chicken and waffles with my friends in Houston Fell in love in San Antonio Played debutante balls up in Dallas And I sang my songs at Meyerson Hall And I buried my papa in West Texarkana I love my Texas home Yeah, you're so good to see Grab a drink and wipe your feet Come on in 
to my Texas home Yeah, that's why I call Texas home Awesome, man. That's one of my all-time favorites there. Thanks so much, guys. That was fun. Well, it's been great having you in studio, Matt. The new record, Dreamer, is... So the whole record's not available because y'all are doing kind of staggering. Right. We're releasing one song at a time on Spotify, and as of right now, we've got two of them out. So check those out, and the actual record will be out at the beginning of June. And 12 songs, and I hope you guys love it, and I can't wait to come back and tell you about all the success we've had with it. Awesome, man. Awesome. And uh, folks can find you guys, uh, What is, is it just ProfitsAndOutlaws.com? ProfitsAndOutlaws.com. Um, we're on Instagram at ProfitsOutlaws and Twitter at ProfitsOutlaws. And yeah, I wouldn't mind you guys letting me know uh, what kind of rod and reel I should get for the road, you know? <laughs> I need something that if I lose it or if it gets stolen, I'm not going to be devastated. But yeah. I don't want it to, you know, get tangled up and break all the time either. So awesome. something in the intermediate category. But yeah, y'all, y'all give Matt some feedback on that. Uh, what Ron Real he should get. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Thanks so much. I yeah. appreciate it. Great yeah. to see you. Yeah, you too. All right, Matt Boggs, Prophets and Outlaws. Um, that segment of the presentation proudly brought to you by Pulsar Night Vision and Thermal Imaging Technology. Hey, if you're looking for a night vision or thermal optic, head over to PulsarNV.com. Use my promo code Lone Star. That's Lone Star, and you will save 20% off your entire order of uh, any thermal or night vision scope. Let's take a break. Up next, we'll get into President Trump's executive order banning bump stocks. I'm not real familiar with bump stocks, uh, but our good friend Tim McCreary of Tim's Gun Supply is, and he joins us next on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffbear's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. Pike County, Illinois, and the surrounding area is hallowed ground for whitetail hunters. And with 21 years experience, Golden Triangle Whitetails is the oldest outfitter in the state. Spread out over 14,000 acres, they have 350 acres of food plots, 500 tree stands, and over 80 box blinds. The guides take pride in having hunters harvest giant Midwest bucks. Golden Triangle Whitetail hunts the Illinois archery, shotgun, and muzzleloader season. They have a full-time chef and excellent lodging. Book your whitetail hunt of a lifetime by going to www.goldentrianglewhitetail.com today. I've been hunting these woods since I was seven years old. This shotgun was my granddad's, now it's mine to hold. Except a turkey each year and come Sunday morning I'll be bending God's ear Guns and religion Austin Cunningham bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show powered by Dallas Safari Club I'm your host Cable Smith thanks to Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris as well and thanks to you guys and gals for being here today I appreciate each and every one of you as we've got some Second Amendment stuff to get into specifically regarding bump stocks, um, which is something 
I'm not real familiar with. I'm not going to lie to you. Never shot one. Never owned one. Uh, really haven't had a reason to. But that being said, I don't think that you shouldn't be able to own one. Or someday I wanted to get one. Um, and uh, President Trump's executive order has made it a, a felony to own one. So what happens now? I don't know. But our good friend and my longtime FFL dealer, Tim McCreary of Tim's Guns, will be here. Well, actually, he's here. He's in studio with me right now. And we'll visit with Tim here in just a second. But before we do that, this segment brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation to get plugged in with this great group of folks who are passionate about hunters' rights, education, and, of course, conservation. I encourage you to head over to biggame.org check us out. We'd love to have you. Um, okay. Well, like I said, my longtime friend, Tim McCreary, is here in studio. Thanks for coming by, Tim. Certainly appreciate it. Thank you, Cable. Thanks for having me today. My pleasure. So just a little funny background about our relationship. Uh, we met in the Slammer. We met in jail. <laughs> we sure did. No, we didn't actually meet in jail. We both were uh, downtown Dallas dealing with some kind of traffic citation, and uh, the judge called my name. It was my turn. And then afterwards, Tim was like, um, are you the dude on the radio? Uh, you were working at uh, another gun store another at the time. Shop then, uh -huh. So y'all were like one of my first advertisers back in the day. It's been it's been a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's where we that's where we that's met. Where we met. Uh, falling on Slammer. hard times. <laughs> uh, Tim's also a life member of Dallas Safari Club, and you are the club's uh, official FFL. Yes, I am. Let's transition into what I want to get into today. However, uh, which you know, I want to talk guns. Then I'll bring my gun authority on um i guess it was back in december the trump administration decided to ban bump stocks correct this ban went into effect on march 26th 26. so i'll be honest with you i don't have a bump stock tim i use my ar specifically for hog hunting you know predator hunting so i don't you know i know that they give you like full automatic capability um but other, I don't really know much about them. So what is what is a bump, bump stock? Bump stock was created for people with limited hand mobility. Uh-huh. Okay. So that's what it was invented for. And it goes, replaces the stock on your AR, and you put it up to your shoulder, and you bump it several times, and it goes into full automatic mode when you pull the trigger. And this is what was used in the Vegas shooting, 2017. Correct. 58 people were killed. Um, and I guess now that the, the, the Democrats have control of the House, are they the ones that pushed this, or, or did the Trump administration just decide to do it regardless? You know, I don't know for sure. I think that our president said he was not going to push this. Then all of a sudden he did. It came about. Yeah. So... It was really surprising. I think they will reverse this, mm -hmm. but they haven't yet. There's several hundred lawsuits out there. Uh, the company that invented bump stocks had to destroy 73,000 units, and they have a, a lawsuit against the government now. Well, shoot, how much does a bump stock go for on, on the open market? Well, at one time they were $1,000 back oh, right after the shooting in Vegas, which uh -huh. was totally ridiculous, but I think – the normal price was about two ninety nine. At the shop I worked at for years, we decided 
as a liability issue not to handle bump stocks, not to work on bump stocks, because most of them that came into our shop, they didn't work anyway. They had problems, okay. so I'm not for sure, you know, how they worked in Vegas or how people actually have used them because, like I said, 90% of them did not work. But so they had to destroy 70-something thousand at, let's just say, $500 a pop. Correct. That's a lot of money. And the company's out of business. Uh-huh. And I think the law states now if you have one, you have to destroy it or you have to turn it into the ATF. It's supposed to be a felony. Yeah. But... And that's, that's actually the law right now. That's if the law. If but you're caught with one, it's a felony. It's a felony. But, you know, nobody's coming for your bump stock. Yeah. But me being a law-abiding citizen, I'm not going to have one and I'm going to destroy it. Mm-hmm. I guess what bothers me the most is there's other things out there, such as binary triggers. I was going to ask you about that. Which mm-hmm. you can pull the trigger, the gun fires, when you let off the gunfire. So it's basically the same thing. You've got another fully automatic weapon. So every time you pull the trigger, it's two shots. Every time. It's basically automatic. Fast as you can pull the trigger. And there's no legislation prevention. No legislation. Uh-huh. They've never been, nobody's talked about them. They're still on the market. So everybody turn in your bump stocks. Let me ask you this. Is the, is the army getting rid of all of their automatic weapons? No, no, <laughs> not that I know of. You know what the Constitution the, says? Yeah, the, that's, I mean, that's. I think that's the only place, you know, I see to use one as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, I guess if you want to just go and, and blow a bunch of stuff up or what, you know, like just for fun. Yeah, and place, it, it probably is fun. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, like I said, I've never shot one. I've never, it never even crossed my mind, you know. I'm, I wasn't opposed to them. I'm still not opposed to them. That's why we're having this conversation. Right. Like, I'm not uh, opposed as well. I don't see a threat, but somebody does. Yeah. It's that slippery slope when you start talking about gun control of any kind. Um, give an inch and they're going to come. They're going to try to take a mile. This is just the beginning. And they want to put, I guess the main thing for me is, yeah, okay, they want to put a ban on it. Now it's a felony. So now you're your average guy like you or I, you get caught with a bump stock and now you're a felon. You're a felon. That's what they you say is going to happen. Guns. That is correct. Yeah. That's so this is the first step I see as far as gun control, and I never thought this would happen. I know that you and I both have been to Canada hunting with a certain outfitter, and he asked me to bring him ammo and asked him, well, why? You can't buy any? Well, to buy ammo, he has to go through a safety course. And he doesn't want to do that because it identifies him as a gun owner. And when you walk in on his icebox, there's a picture in Australia of a pile of guns, and they're setting them on fire. Mm -hmm. So I remember when I went to Australia, to Sydney, and flew in there, there was 32 deaths that week with guns, and guns are banned in Australia. So, I mean, it it doesn't make sense to me. Oh, yeah. This guy on Instagram is a big predator hunter. And I think his name is Hunting Hunt and Tile Australia. And uh, anyway, they they have to hunt foxes, which are invasive species. There, they're a pain in the ass with a over under or a side by side because they cannot own. Which I've got a safe full of semi automatic twelve gauges, sixteen gauges, correct, twenty gauges. They can't own those there because when they banned firearms, they were in that in that big photo. They were getting burned up. Correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a slippery slope. Now that the Democrats control the House, I feel like they're going to, you know, the next two years are going to be interesting. They are going to be interesting. I think the firearm industry, as far as my end, right now is at an all-time low. 
people don't seem threatened, but as we go into the next couple of years and, you know, we people run for office and we, you know, run for president, I think that gun sales will pick up and people will be afraid again of, mm-hmm. you know, losing our gun rights. Just like with Obama. Obama sold more guns than anybody in he American did. history. Eight years of people buying, especially black rifles, ARs, buying them out of fear, which... When Trump got elected, we had this Trump slump, which we saw a complete dip in the sale of those specific styles. We're in the Trump slump now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well this, this might actually you know, cause it to tick back up uh, when they start putting this kind of legislation in front of us. Um, I mean, there's firearm manufacturers who are just sitting on warehouses of ARs predicting uh, that Hillary was going to win. Correct. Which would have, you know, they would have kept selling at probably the same rate, probably even more than Obama. Um, where's the NRA in all this? I, I haven't done any research, but I, I haven't seen them. I haven't heard the NRA say much on this at all. I, I'm sure they have. I just hadn't seen it. I mean, you would have to sit there and look on the Internet, dig it up. You know, they don't put a lot of it on TV, yeah. especially about the bump stocks and the NRA at this particular time. Yeah. So I don't know what their stance is. Tim's a law-abiding citizen. He's going to get rid of his bump stocks. I've already got rid of my bump stocks. I don't want to be a felon. I want to own guns. I want to hunt and shoot. I'm sure quite a few of our listeners already sold their bump stocks to the uh, the guy down at the Seven Eleven down the street. But you do think it's going to get overturned? I think it's. I think they're going to overturn it. Yes. Uh, there's several. The Supreme Court opted not to. I saw. I think that's back. Right. Yeah. So that's where we're at right now. Well, let's do this. I want to hear about your recent Africa trip. Yes. For how many times have you been to Africa, first of all? I think I've been eight times. Uh-huh. And how many Cape Buffalo have you shot? Five. Including one on this recent trip. Including one on this recent trip. <laughs> but you were beat to hell. Well, I hate to tell everybody this, but the first thing that I did, I took a shower when I got to the hotel. I got out of that shower, and I slipped on the floor. And I have traumatic brain injury. I've got a torn rotator cuff, a cracked fibula, and a cracked ankle. So, thanks. What country was this? Benin. So, about five days into the hunt, I knew something was wrong. So, thanks to Global Rescue, which I hope everybody buys a package to Global Rescue when they travel. It was $27. (coughs) Global Rescue came within two hours of our camp and flew me out of there and flew me to the hospital. And I have been to uh, one of the Global Rescue presentations. At a, it was one of the monthly Dallas Safari Club meetings. And they flew me in a nice, nice jet, too, yeah. with a nurse. And that says a lot for that company. And But, look, okay, you flew out five days after you smacked your noggin and tore your rotator cuff and yeah. all these other injuries. Yes. I want to go to the part where you were, this was like your life dream, one of them, to shoot a hippo. Yeah, this was my life dream to shoot a hippo on day five. I slept day three and four. Day five, they come beat on my door and said, hey, let's go shoot a hippo. Well, I couldn't even get a boot on, and I was kind of staggering around, and I refused to go, and I told them that I just didn't feel safe shooting a hippo. If somebody could get hurt, I couldn't hold my rifle with my left Hippos arm. Hippos kill more people than any other African. Yeah, there's a pool there with 50 hippos in there mm-hmm. where the people go down to get water. Yeah. So they were there, and I regret it, but I just didn't want to get killed that day. (laughs) But you still were able to tough it up and go shoot a buffalo. I did shoot a buffalo, an old warrior about 15 years old with a broomed-off horn. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
my kids absolutely love coming over to your place whenever there's a... I love your kids to come over. They're great. there's a gun that needs to end up in my hands, <laughs> I go to your place. And Tim's got uh, all kinds of African animals over there. And um, Yeah, they, they said, we want to go back to the guy with the mustache in the buffalo's house. <laughs> but, uh, well, man, I appreciate you coming to you the bet. studio. You bet. Um, Tim's Gun Supply. Folks can find you on Facebook the interweb, and uh, also on Instagram. That is correct, sir. All right, Tim. Well, we certainly appreciate it, brother. You bet. Thanks for having me today, Cable. So there you have it. Uh, Tim's take on the federal bump stock ban, the executive order put in place by the Trump administration. Tim's been uh, in the gun industry for what, three or four decades, and so I trust his opinion. He knows people that uh, that I don't know, people on the Inside, and, and when he says he thinks it'll get overturned, I'm sure that's where that's coming from, uh, if I know Tim. Anyway, so, I don't like I told you, I don't really care one way or the other about bump stocks. I care about the precedent that it sets. If the government is willing to take those away from us, well, what's next, right? So just some stuff to think about, be cognizant of going forward. That segment of the presentation, by the way, brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. Land's the one thing they're not making anymore, all of that, and bump stocks. Uh, but hey, we all want them, right? And uh, if you're ready to take that plunge, take the next step, make your dream your reality, whether you want land for recreating, running cattle, hunting, fishing, or just to get the hell out of the big city, Lone Star Ag Credit has been at this for a long time. Over 100 years experience, by the way. And you can find them at LoneStarAdCredit.com. Well, unfortunately, just looking at the clock, we've got to go. Got to get out of here. Do you want to say thanks to uh, all of our guests? Of course, Tim, as well as Weston Jenkins of Disabled Outdoorsman USA. Also, our good friend, Matt Boggs, lead singer of Prophets and Outlaws. It was great having him in studio. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of the Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Wake up. Where have you been? Your heart's in the bottle. You holding your hand. You pulled the trigger. Cheated three times, your life was a gamble, revolving in.